0: How do you respond to an irrational outburst? Should you scream back at the person? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 76 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn the importance of a cooling-off period to consider the matter from the other person's perspective. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrisa today. I like to begin with a story. The Dubna Magid had a parable for everything. For every question he was asked he responded with an analogy they once asked him how he was able to come up with a parable for every question and situation allow me to answer by way of parable he replied and he proceeded to tell the following story a man was once wandering through the forest when he encountered several trees with targets and bull's eyes. incredibly the archer had landed the arrow exactly in the middle of each target he was amazed at the precision of the archer Every single shot hit the bull's eye. How was that possible? After looking round, he found the lad responsible for this incredible feat. What was his secret? Simple, replied the young man. Every time I shoot the arrow, I then go and draw the target around the arrow wherever it lands. Likewise, explained the Dubna Mugged, I don't start with a parable. If you know where the arrow has landed, it's easy to draw the bull's eye around it. Today's duff discusses the response of certain rabbis to the vows of their wives. Rather than immediately confirming or annulling the vow, they would wait 24 hours and only then respond. Let's look at the Gemara. Chiyah Barav would shoot an arrow and examine a vow. If Rabbi Barav Huna was sitting, he would get up, explains the Rosh. When Chia's wife would make a vow, he would not annul it immediately, but would respond with silence given the appearance that he was confirming it. He would then shoot an arrow into the wall to create a sundial, thereby determining the exact time of day to annul the vow by the following day at the same time. Rabah Barav would stand up and check his own shadow to calculate the time for the next day. Let's analyze the Gemara. When a husband hears his wife taking a vow of abstinence, he has the right to annul the vow on that day. A day may be understood, however, as a 24-hour period, So when these rabbis would hear their wives uttering a vow, they would note the time and make sure to decide whether to confirm or annul the vow by the same time the next day. The natural reaction of a regular husband would probably be to respond immediately based on how he felt about the vow. Would her abstinence from meat and wine disrupt their daily dinner schedule? Would her vow to doven with the minion three times a day mean he'd have to leave work early to watch the kids? Would her vow to stop using disposables mean he'd have to wash the dishes every day? How would any of these vows inconvenience him? But these rabbis understood that it wasn't all about them. Clearly, their wives had taken vows for a reason. As trusting and wise husbands, they weren't about to make a rash decision based on their initial reaction. If they had a day to respond, they were going to take the entire cooling-off period to allow for the two of them to consider her vow and decide how to proceed. Was she completely certain that this was what she wanted to do? Could he sleep on the matter and see things from her perspective? Was this an impetuous or well-considered decision? Just because he might initially have thought that she'd acted rashly didn't mean that he, too, had to respond rashly. Too often in life, we're prone to responding to an outburst, or what we perceive as an outburst, with an outburst of our own. Your spouse says something emotional and you want to answer back with the same level of intensity. And so your response is far from thoughtful and meaningful. The right way to respond is to listen to what's been said and not respond immediately whatsoever. Such an outpouring of emotion requires thought and consideration to ascertain how best to respond. And very possibly after sleeping on it, you might even find that the outburst wasn't so irrational after all. Now it makes sense and your response is completely different. Let's say your teenager blurts out that he can't stand a certain class and that he's not studying for his test. You could respond by screaming back at him that you don't care whether he likes the class. He'd better study if he knows what's good for him. That may or may not work. Or you could hear him out and then tell him you'd like to discuss it the next day. As you lie, in bed, it might occur to you that there's more going on here than meets the eye. How's your child's relationship with the teacher? Is there something fundamental that your child is simply not understanding? Is there a soft and pleasant way that you can deal with the underlying issue that will truly treat the matter appropriately and effectively? Maybe it's a work associate who's prone to emotional outbursts. You could shout back at him, but that probably won't be so helpful. Alternatively, you could listen to his rant and ask to discuss it the next day. By the following morning, he might regret his outburst and apologize, or else you might start to see through the emotion and appreciate where he's coming from. After spending 12 years learning Torah in the cave, Rabbi Shimbayuchani's son Elazar emerged and encountered ordinary people engaged in daily life, like plowing and sowing the field. "'Imagine people giving up the sacred study of the Torah for worldly endeavors!' exclaimed Elazar, as a fiery energy shot from his eyes, sending the field up in smoke. They suddenly heard a heavenly voice saying, "'Have you come out to destroy my world? Go back to your cave!' Sure enough, 12 months later, they emerged once again with the ability to understand the world from the perspective of other people. Chiyabharav wasn't shooting arrows to hit a target. Just like the Dubna Magid, his very act of shooting the arrow achieved an instant bullseye. The sundial was then created around the arrow. He understood that a timeout is always helpful. Naturally, we want to respond immediately with the same intensity as our interlocutor but that's rarely helpful. May you make a habit of setting next day appointments, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from MosaicPress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.